Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullen. And I am Gloria Ackerman. And this week we'll be reviewing Season 10, Episode 14, The Tooth Shall Set You Free. And Season 10, Episode 15, Pressure Points. Right away it hit me. Finish the bridge. Then the North Koreans used it for mortar practice. The tooth shall set you free. The main plot is Winchester. Bad toothache. Won't admit it. Apparently he's terrified of dentists. Apparently. I, I, I think that's a real thing with a lot of people. I don't yeah. get it because well, I love going to the dentist. That's why we have sedation dentistry now. So, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Number two plot is... There is a seal, a major that is um, a little prejudiced. He, well, they, they straight up say uh, he's a bigot. You could also say that he's a racist. Right. Yeah. Two good terms to explain that situation. So mm-hmm. those are the two plots that um, exp- the two plots that go with this episode number fourteen. Mm-hmm. Well, why why what's important about that? Uh, CO, what's important about that major? Well, he's pretending that he has all this compassion for his, his, like, he wants to send everyone home that's black and keep everyone that's white, and he's making it seem like he's doing it because it's best for them. Mm-hmm. Where it was, it was just sad to see. Like, they said that there was... Forty percent, or um, eleven percent of his thing, his unit unit was what were as they put it, Negroes, and forty percent of the casualties. Forty, yeah, yeah, eleven percent were black. Forty-six percent. Forty-six percent. Almost half of his casualties were black. Right. So what he was doing was, well, they actually said it using the blacks. As the high missions, so they had a high very risk. low low survival rate in mm-hmm. his camp. And why were why was he putting them on high risk missions? So that they could be sent, well, not to be sent home, so that they would be killed, and he would save his. No. High risk missions earned more rotation. Oh yeah, points, more rotation points, and, and then they go home. And then they go home. Yeah. 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 And yeah, he did say, you know, if they die. I have asked to serve with them anyway. But yeah, he put them on high-risk missions because those earn more rotation points quicker. And then they go home. And then they go home. Yeah. So it was... Uh, I think both of them today were a little bit um, deep. Well, they start getting deeper now, I guess. Yeah, but I think so. I think so, too. But, yeah. it, you know, they're, you sit back and think, wow. First of all, with... Winchester, I can't figure out why a surgeon wouldn't want to go to a dentist. He knows. He was doing everything. He was stealing drugs. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, drinking a lot of alcohol, all to dull this pain. We all have fears. Yeah, I guess. You know, his just happens to be an irrational fear <laughs> of dentists. Right. So, um, this mm-hmm. CO... I think that um, Hawkeye didn't quite understand at first. Like the CO was telling them, uh, Major Memes was saying, um, you need to send home, sorry, um, what was his name? Dorsey. Dorsey. 
and you need to send him home. He has a hardship case. He's an only child. He needs to help. Mm -hmm. And then he finds out that he has all these brothers and sisters, and he yeah. comes from a, a pretty affluent, affluent mm. uh, well, you know, Brooklyn area. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean that he was affluent, but, no, but it, wasn't, it was a completely different story than what the... the and that's what threw up the red wings. flags. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean... I it, love how they... Like you say, it. he seemed very compassionate. He seemed like he really cared about his troops. Yeah. Except that he was trying to send home a black kid who was fine and who <coughs> didn't, didn't need to go home. <coughs> and uh, keep a white kid who absolutely should have gone home due to right. his wounds. Right. Yeah. And how did they solve this? You mean with those two kids? Yeah, well, you know what? How? You know, they went to Colonel Potter and said, what are we going to do? We mm -hmm. have a problem here. Yeah. And I thought Potter came up with a pretty good solution, although mm. it was a little bit underhanded, if you think well, about it. Yeah, but that's not new for them. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, they, they do this stuff all the time. They did the front porch sitting where... Hawkeye and um, Honeycutt were sitting out, just having a drink outside, mm -hmm. and Potter and Major Memes came walking up, and they started talking in a way that would make him feel comfortable to be himself. Yeah, because there was a new batch of his troops that had come in, and they were all black. Yes. And they and and Potter said, "Oh, that Harry S. Truman, a man from my own state. How could he sign that in '48?" Mm -hmm. The order to um, desegregate the armed forces. Exactly. And then he felt com Major Memes felt comfortable and started saying some things and getting things off his chest and being honest mm -hmm. instead of being reserved and protective. Of, right. Of what he actually thought, yeah. Um, but what he didn't know was inside the camp, or inside the swamp, was, well, who he thought was Major Rockingham. Mm-hmm. A black major. Yeah, from uh, somewhere in I-Corps. Somewhere where right. it would make a difference. Someplace high up. Yeah, somewhere where it would make a difference as to what he heard uh, Weems say so he told Weems right away that he's going to be court-martialed but then mm -hmm. he said no wait a minute I'll give you two options I'm gonna call right now and that court-martial will go through or you can sign away your commission mm hmm yeah and he's like give me a day to think about it and I thought no this was, no yeah. I, you either sign or I'm calling I right or the JAG right now so he signed away his commission yeah resigned resigned He's like, how am I going to explain this to my CO? He's like, I don't care. Lie. Well, tell him the truth. You know? well, what was it Hawkeye, Hawkeye said? We can tell him that it's personal problems. And then BJ said, or we can tell him that it's personnel problems. <laughs> yeah. I Which I like that. That's pretty cool. Like, I yeah. did too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, turns out that Major Rockingham, which was the major that, uh, the black major, that was kind of threatening memes, was not a major after oh. all. <laughs> oh, Major Winchester. This calls for another introduction. Major Winchester, MD, 
Captain Rockingham, DDS. <laughs> I think Charles got the worst of both episodes that we watched tonight. Yeah, I really do. Quite possibly. Uh, so, uh, if you want to see Winchester kind of get it, these are the two to watch. I, I guess, yeah. Yeah, the, the post-commercial scene was kind of... It's what I remember the most out of this episode, I, honestly. E even over the um, the comment by Rockingham and the captains and Winchester and uh, Potter about how there's no room in the army for bigotry and uh, for assigning people based on, on, on their race. There's no room for that anymore. Aside from that, which I think is a great message and poignant as poignant in the 80s as it was, as it would have been in the 50s. Right. You know, when, when this was theoretically taking place. But um, just that that post-commercial scene where it was, that poor man, I didn't think there would be so much pain. Oh, yes. Captain, I feel terribly sorry. I just have a very primitive biting instinct. You know, I've seen this kind of behavior before in children. <laughs> Charles bit the dentist, and he they were wrapping. <laughs> Two I mean, fingers. He, yeah, they were wrapping up. It was yeah. like, um, yeah. it was huge. Yeah. <laughs> it just, oh, Charles. <laughs> that was a good episode, though. Yeah. Yep. Any other points that you have? Yeah, when, um, Charles seemed to be picking a lot on Margaret. Okay, when Charles was crabby. Mm -hmm. And he, like, Margaret did some triage at the beginning, and he said, you're not the doctor I am. And I know it was because oh. of his um, yeah. his sore tooth, but then mm. later on, another nurse came in and said something. He said, why Kelly. don't you consult, Kelly, why don't you consult if I need with... If I needed to consult with another doctor, I would find one nurse. But then he also said, or I would check with Margaret or something. He had made a point like that. Like, it was a joke. Okay. I don't recall okay. that. I wrote it down, so I didn't... Okay. Yeah. Um, so it just... It's, he, he seemed to have a little kind of fight with Margaret. Well, I think... Above and beyond. I, I think it goes back to what you said, that um, he was just ornery because of the toothache. And she caught him stealing the medicine, so... Yeah. And who knows, that might have been the first scene that they filmed... So that might have bled into, oh, well, you know, be. the rest of it. But yeah, uh, when she catches him taking, I have no idea what it is. Could have been coding. Could have been, I don't know. I don't it, know. it was a brown, it was white, yeah. a brown bottle. Or was it a white? I a thought clear it was bottle? a clear bottle. Clear yeah. bottle with clear liquid in it. So could have been anything. Uh, it was probably water. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? Uh, let me look. Um that 11 and 46 percent oh there was one other thing okay i thought it was funny that charles hated going to the dentist so much that he went to mr young oh yeah uh, rose's duck, lumbago doctor <laughs> yeah uh rosie said that you were able to cure her lumbago what did you use a combination of ginger hazel root and other natural herbs so, um, what are you using for my tooth? 
uh, combination of ginger root, hazel, and other natural herbs. Isn't that what you use for Rosie's lumbago? And did you notice? She also never has sore tooth. <laughs> but Charles was unable to drink it. It was that yeah. bad. Yeah, it was rancid to the point where he threw it outside the swamp. And then when the doc, when the captains are having their little thing outside the swamp, it's like, this oh. is a really nice night. Except for right here. <laughs> little gamey. <laughs> and then when Potter comes up, I haven't smelled anything this bad since Rosie had lumbago. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Yeah. So they did keep that going. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does this cure? Hunger. That is my what lunch. Is <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. Guest stars, recurring cast. We had Tom Atkins as Major Lawrence Weems. Jason Bernard as Captain Quentin Rockingham. Lawrence Fishburne as Corporal Dorsey, credited as Larry Fishburne, Bill Snyder as uh, the other, or as a corpsman, okay, Kelly Nakahara as Lieutenant Kelly Yamato, and John Fuji Fujioka as Dukfeng Jong, the, the Korean herbalist. Production code was 1G11, writer was... Lee H. Grant, director Charles S. Steuben, original air date February 8th, 1982. Okay. Uh, next episode is season 10, episode 15, Pressure Points. So, um, I thought this was a different episode at first. I thought this is where they built a huge bonfire in the camp and set it aflame. Uh, I was wrong. However, the reason I thought that was because we still have uh, Potter talking to Sydney quite a bit during the episode. Uh, in fact, uh, the reason he calls Sydney up is that he missed something. Him and Hawkeye had very similar, if not exact, same patience, and Potter missed something that Hawkeye caught, to the point where Potter then went to the 8063rd, and Hawkeye had to go back in on Potter's patient. This scared Potter quite a bit, quite a bit, to the point where he was afraid he was losing his touch. So he called Sydney down, and out of like three times that he called Sydney into his tent to talk, two of them, he ended up not talking about what was actually bothering him, and just put it off. But he kept snapping at people, left and right. He just kept snapping at people. And so he finally had to fess up to what was bothering him. And Sidney kind of talked him through it. He didn't solve the problem for Potter. He basically said, look, Sherm, you're going to lose your touch. Everybody does. But whether that day is today, that's up to you. Uh, on the flip side, we have a uh, uh, maid Winchester getting fed up with cleaning up the swamp <laughs> and so he stops he says as of today i am done and he just turns into slob winchester and allows the captains to take care of themselves which as it turns out uh breaks bj very quickly um to the point where they get up and there's a plate of sardines and onion that charles had been eating and it was just sitting out there and Instead of cleaning it up, Charles is like, I'm going to breakfast, and just leaves. His bed is unmade, everything is still there, 
And the captains say, well, if he can live with it, I can live with it. They leave, and BJ just turns right back around. I can't stand it! And so he starts cleaning up. Um, but then what ends up happening is the captains have too much, and they're sweeping up. Uh, when Charles throws something else on the floor on the other side of the tent from what they're sweeping. So, let me get where I put this down. Alright, so, Hawkeye has a dirty magazine full of trash from the floor that he had swept up, or that BJ had swept up. He dumps it into Charles' bed, specifically between the flat sheet and the what would be like the fitted sheet. Okay? Charles takes the tray out of uh, Hawk's footlocker and dumps it on uh, BJ's bed. Then BJ takes his Swiss Army knife, tears open Charles' pillow, fluffs that out. Uh, Hawkeye then takes the knife, cuts open the non-screw uh, uh, cap end of Charles' toothpaste, puts it in Charles' night shoe, uh, and then they wipe the knife in one of Charles' books. Charles then goes back over, grabs the coffee pot, dumps it into BJ's bunk, into Hawkeye's bunk, and then picks up Hawkeye's mattress and throws it out of the mosquito netting, out of the swamp, into the compound. And then we see a cutscene. Colonel, says Klinger, I have bad news and I had nothing to do with it. The surgeons are tearing apart the swamp. And then we see... Um, like, the captains are taking Charles' records and just smashing them on their heads, and Charles is doing something else, and it's just, yeah, they are... Destroying. Just dis absolutely destroying the swamp. And With it's, an audience. Yeah, and it's great as you watch this go on, you can actually see the audience grow, and it's quite humorous to actually watch, in my opinion. I thought so, Yeah, um, because at first, like, I'm like, where is the first person who... Hey, it's a nurse <laughs> she's just staring in watching them as they tear apart charles uh, pillow <laughs> that's it that's it right there um but then after that as uh potter walks out of the ripped mosquito netting he grabs sydney and then talks to sydney about his problem and sydney finally says look sean you called me up here why we we keep meeting and you don't tell me why and uh, that's when Sherman goes into this, uh, I would call it a soliloquy on, I've wanted to be a surgeon my whole life. That was cool. Since I was a little boy. And there was a time when I was with my uncle, and a mayor had, um, what was it? I can't remember what he said. And there he was, and he cut her open, right there, and he showed me what he called the glory the insides of a living being. I've never wanted to be anything else ever since. I don't know if I can do that with these new boys coming in here, Sydney. I don't know if I can do it. And that's where Sydney says, look, Sean, you're going to lose your touch someday. Whether that day is today, it's up to you. I'm not doing Sydney impression justice, but, you know... That sort of New York sort of accent. New York, Brooklyn. But, yeah. Then, uh, Potter does end up going into surgery. 
he does what he always does toughs it out and then afterwards in the old club uh, since Charles had been a slob he hadn't shaved and so they hold a raffle on who gets to shave Charles and Potter wins three dollars and sixty five cents yeah for the orphans <laughs> I actually meant for that to be shorter, but, um, yeah, what what else do you have on this episode? Well, when he talked to Sherman, and Sherman was losing it like that, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, Sydney, if your hands go, you can still mm. clean the dust out of people's brains, or the cobwebs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And, you know, so he's looking at the difference. Mm-hmm. I think that's why it was hard for him to tell, because he didn't know if he would understand. Yeah. Yeah. When you use your hands, like, you use your hands for a living. Yeah. You know, if something happens to your hands, Mm -hmm. you're basically out of luck. Yeah. Well, the, um, you know, we've kind of seen other episodes like this. Um, the, the, the one where it's, um, oh goodness, what was it? It was when Radar was still around. Uh, the the kid who they took the leg off of Billy Sergeant Billy um, yeah from Iowa Iowa State where he was like a halfback or something um, and they took his leg and you know he was convinced that his life was over because he couldn't play football anymore uh, there was the kid who was the a left, concert pianist the left handed yeah yeah where he lost most of the use in his right hand and Charles was just devastated when this kid said you know like no you don't understand my profession was a concert pianist so um yeah what came to my mind is completely different than what you're thinking I was thinking of the episode where Potter's he was the last survivor so his age Uh, came into play yeah because you know I kind of took it a different way than Mm -hmm. you did yeah. So I was thinking of that episode mm-hmm. when you said that there was other episodes like this. Yeah. Where his yeah. age, you do, you know, you don't understand. You're just a young kid, you know, but you get to be a little older and mm-hmm. you start thinking mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Well, and Sydney asks him, Sherm, how old are you? And <laughs> Potter, like, jerks up to <laughs> straight back and, like, 62. Why? He's already defending himself. Yeah, you know, right away. And um, no, I, I, I definitely saw that too, where um, it was very explicit that age came into play there, you know. And um, he brought up Joe DiMaggio. So there's so many baseball references. I like that. Mm. Joe DiMaggio, he went out while he was on top. He could have stayed for a while, mm. had a few strikes, but he didn't. He wanted to go out while he's on top. So it was himself thinking, do I want to go out while I'm on top? Or do mm-hmm. I want to have some strikes in my belt? I don't want those strikes. I want to go yeah. out on top. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. See, I'm not a baseball guy as much. <laughs> but that but, one I hit mean, me. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I, I understand it. Because, like, you know, recently the team around here for football, the Packers, I mean, within the last <laughs> decade, we had the whole Brett Favre saga. And... Well, yeah. Is he, he going to go or is he going to oh stay? Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, he was doing okay, but, yeah, it kind of got to the point where, dude, you should um, you should retire while you're ahead because 
you're not anymore. And it, mm, no. We but, love you, but. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, it just, you, you, you wanted a good time. Yeah. But he would say he's going to stay, and then he would go, and then he'd say he's going to go, and he would stay. stay. Yeah, Yeah. but in my mind, a similar sort of thing where it's like, you're getting old for the field. Right, right. And and yeah. But I'm glad that Potter decided to stay a while. Yeah, and we see that a couple times, and that's I think that comes back to the dedication that everybody in MASH has. Yeah. You know, because we we see that in the nurses a lot of the time. I came here, Major, because I know the reputation of this unit, and I want to make a difference. Um, the the doctors, we see that in Klinger. Whenever push comes to shove, where's Klinger? Helping out. Right. Regardless of how scared he is or how worried he is about getting hurt, he's, he's there. there. Yeah. yeah, always. Always. It, it's... These people get it. When, it. when push comes to shove, it and seems like everybody why. gets it. They're the top, mm-hmm. and you can't you can't put that together. Mm-hmm. It has to be together. Like yeah. everyone at Mash has this dedication, mm-hmm. and which makes it work. Yeah, and yeah. Something else I really love with um, the staff, because even though we see Charles in an episode or two rag on Hawkeye for um, taking North Koreans before. Um, Americans in OR, which you're not supposed to do, you know, and Charles uh, uh, Burns, Burns points yeah. that out once or twice, too. It's like Americans allied, um, then it's like civilians and then enemy combatants, something like that, the order. But like in the first episode, when it came down to it, um, with, with that, with the CO, with Weems, you know, saying... Well, it's going to be your word against mine at a court-martial. And um, no. Three. And then Charles then, pipes up, make yes. that four. So again, this is, regardless of... Charles always sticks by them when they're right. Yeah. He Re- has a code mm-hmm. of ethics. Yeah, regardless of political position, because we know that Charles is on the other side of the aisle from uh, Pierce and Honeycutt, regardless of rank, regardless of whatever, when it comes down to what is right is right, you really they don't know that you say that because Charles is a major. Mm-hmm. You never hear him say that like say you what? did for Burns. Well, I'm a major and you're a... Because Charles, mm. our Burns used to do that all the time. You don't salute me. You don't... Yeah. He expected the... the no. The, yeah. You know, well, I, I think... Where I don't think Charles does that. You no? No, I don't think he does. I think you're right. And... I'm going to put this out there. I think the reason for that, and I know we're diverging from the, from oh, the yeah, episode, sorry. but no, <laughs> I, I think it's a good point because um, as we're getting to the to the last episodes here, because we are, we're on the uh-huh. last third of the season and then there's only uh-huh. like 22 left. Um, we, we really see the characters. Right. You know, this is them. This is their maturest that they're going to be. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put out that I think the reason is Burns is leaning on his rank as a way to make himself higher. Charles has a rank and sees himself as higher. Yeah. You know, I mean, he just has... He knows he's the best heart man. Well, and he's upper class. Uh 
He's upper-class Boston. He comes from a wealthy background. Burns is well-off. Fighting to be well-off. Yeah, he, he's... He brags about his home and yeah, his... Yeah, $30,000 car and three houses. Or, yeah, yeah, however yeah. he... However Hawkeye says it. But, um, uh, yeah, I think Burns is trying to use his rank as a pry bar to get, you know, all that recognition. And Charles is... Yeah. He just... I, don't I have know, to be I, here. I'm better than you, and I... Yes. I could be a colonel or whatever. It doesn't matter what mm -hmm. rank you give me. I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Because he looks at it more socially yeah. than hierarchy. Mm-hmm. In, in the Boxing Day episode, um, we see him make the comment very explicitly, Colonel, do you really think this is a good idea? Once you give the lower classes a taste of authority... It's very hard to get them back in their place. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Charles yep. Charles yeah. does not need to use the fact that he's a major. <laughs> yeah, you're right. To get respect. He just demands it. Yeah, he just it, it I'm, oozes I'm better. out of his veins. I'm better than you. I don't need you to tell me that I am. I know it. You know, what's the other one? Um in, in one episode, he they're in a war and he's I can't remember what else is going on, but he makes a comment, some people are born with a taste for money, and others yearn for it. Something like that. Um, I remember that quote, but I don't yeah. remember what it was from. Was it yeah. a Christmas one? I don't know. But yeah, it was, you know, uh, if you remember, please let us know. Uh, head over to narclanic.com slash whiskey and mash. Uh, email us through the link there or head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash whiskey and mash. Let us know which one that was. But He's yeah, good at that, isn't he? <laughs> thank you. It's like I have it on repeat, 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 repeat. Um, but yeah, you know, Charles just, again, it's like he sees himself as upper class and everyone else is beneath him. And that's that. You know, done. Just, that's it. Yeah, okay. Kind um, of off the. Oh, yeah, but anything else about this episode, though? Um, the pressure points. No? Yeah. Okay, uh, the ending. Okay, boys um, and girls, let's get to work. You know, it was Potter just being Potter. Okay. Yeah, yep. And then uh, when he goes to shave Charles, don't worry, Major. <laughs> I have steady, steady hands. I'm a surgeon, after all. <laughs> Um, the only other thing that I really have, uh, down here that I thought was interesting. Now let me find it again, because I just forgot it. Oh, there we go. Um, they get an intel briefing about yeah. a new type oh, yeah. of this. ammunition, which, by the way, um, I, I think this just goes to the, uh, messed up timeline that they have, the anachronism. Because this guy comes in and says the enemy is using a new type of round. It's white right. phosphorus. And as long as it's exposed to air, it will keep burning. So ideally, this the first step in treating it should be done at Battalion 8, and that's applying surgical gel. If you'll remember, there's an episode back during the early days where, I don't know if it was Trapper or BJ, I want to say it was BJ's time, they bring in a kid who had phosphorus in his leg. And so they actually oh, yes. filled up the sink put him in, in the kitchen, stuck him in it, so that 
the rounds wouldn't be exposed to air. Then they um, dumped powder into the sink so that the phosphorus would fluoresce and turning off the lights, then they could see where it was and remove it mm -hmm. so that it wouldn't keep burning you. So in this episode, they're saying this is the very first time, but we've had it before. Well, maybe before was like trial and then, okay. I'm just the, reaching. I, I know, but that Intel guy said this is the first time yeah, we're seeing this. Yeah, he did this. say that. You know, it was very explicit that this was brand new. How would they, at battalion aid, be able to carry gel with them? My gosh. You know, they're limited supplies. Gel would be huge. You know, you'd have to have wraps of it or something, you would think. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, okay. Not how, how would they carry plasma and blood? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but they do. But they do. Mm -hmm. Oh, and keep in mind, battalion aid was behind the lines. Okay. It was stationary as much as it could be. Especially at this point in the war, it would have been pretty... Uh, right there. Yeah. You know where to bring them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I get you. I'm guessing it wasn't a very large amount of material yeah. per... Anyway. Um, guest stars recurring cast. We had Alan Arbus reprising his role as Major Sidney Friedman. Go, Sidney. I love uh -huh. it whenever he's on. That's Friedman with two E's. John O'Connell as Captain Schnelker. S-C-H-N-E-L-K-E-R. Schnelker. Yeah, sure. Gene Pitrigallo as Corporal Fisher. William Rogers as Corporal Logan. And Roy Goldman as Corporal Roy Goldman. He was serving instead of Igor. Yeah. So, apparently that's a rotating thing. Uh, production code was 1G12. Writers, David Pollock and Elias Davis. Director, Charles S. Dubin. Original air date, February 15th, 1982. Okay. Um, already told you where you can contact us. Uh, in case you are listening for the first time this week, you can catch all of our back episodes on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast application. Just search for Whiskey and Match. Mash. 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 That's an S, not a T-C-H. I'm done. I only have one. Whiskey and mash. Uh, and you can download, get those downloaded automatically if you subscribe to Whiskey and Mash out there. Otherwise, if you don't do the podcast thing, but you do do the MP3 thing, you can head over to our website, narclaninc.com, go to the podcast link, go to the Whiskey and Mash page. There on the page are the MP3 versions of all of our back episodes. You can download those to your MP3 device or stream them right from the website. And again, there on the website are links to an email for us. That'll come right here to the podcast and to our Facebook page. Several people have reached out to us on Facebook. Thank you so much. You know who you are. We appreciate hearing from each and every one of you. The reason that you you would want to keep tabs on us on Facebook is so that you can see when we post new episodes. Like today, earlier today, I posted uh, the episode we had in the can, copied the synopsis over onto our Facebook page, and so if you follow Facebook, that came up in your feed. And then you know that we have a new podcast. That way you can go over to your uh, podcast listening device and see, look, it just downloaded because I'm on Wi-Fi or I have unlimited data and I don't care if I'm on Wi-Fi or not. Mm -hmm. I only download on Wi-Fi. Um, 
So that's why you should follow us on Facebook. And then it's very easy for you to do as several people have and let us know what you think. And also correct us when we can't figure out what episode <laughs> that one thing from that time when they what? said that thing and with the other guy in the place is from. You know what I'm talking about. Go back about 20 minutes. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, if you feel that our ramblings and, and my trying to be funny are, are worth... <laughs> your support <laughs> I'm a dad I can make bad jokes um, then w the best way for you to do that the best way for you to support us is to share this podcast with a, fa a friend a family member a co-worker anyone who you think would enjoy listening to us for about 45 minutes on average because um, you know we I, I plan on continuing to do this I don't know about you um, you know, once we finish MASH, Try once we finish us. after MASH, <laughs> FCC is going to need to make an order. Um, you know, we'll find other things to watch. And uh, I'm working on Ben and, and Laura to do uh, podcasts on some of the shows they love. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. We'll see. That would be great. If either of you are listening, don't disregard what I just said. Um, <laughs> they're big fans of The Simpsons and Futurama. And uh, maybe we can get them doing a podcast like this for those shows. Because I think they have a lot of great knowledge like we do for this. It would be fun to listen to that. Um, keep tuned. We'll see if that shows up on our feed. But thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Gloria. Have we'll a great week. see you next week. time. You know, I've been outro, doing this, outro. what, 10 yeah. seasons, 14 yeah. shows, yeah. or 14 episodes, yeah. and I still couldn't do the whole nothing <laughs> It's <laughs> like the movie Inside Out. I just have people up in my mental command center going, Load the tape! Load, Load the, the tape! tape. Load the tape. Hit play! And it just pops out. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Ready. We're running short on time. Put it in fast forward. Woo! I'm doing your computer games. Good night. Night. Bye, everyone. Bye.